Hello and welcome back to another episode of And The Winner Is, where we take a stroll back across the, the winners of the Academy Award for Best Picture. This time we're looking at the 1943 winner, Mrs. Miniver, uh, World War II romantic drama, released in June 1942 in the US. Directed by William Wyler, it starred Greer Garson in the title role and supported by Walter Pidgeon, who played her husband, Clem. Uh, it was made by MGM and adapted from the 1939 book. Uh, joining me as always is my co-host, Paul. Evening, mate. Evening. Looking forward to this one as always. Another one yep, that good. I'd never seen. So no, I I, th I think a bit like ordinary people. I think I've seen bits and pieces of them both, but possibly because I basically I've seen the certainly seen the ending of this film in the past. Um, I might even have been on a documentary, perhaps though. So, but for the for I, I treated it as a fact. I'd never seen most of it. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, so we, we just jump our usual sort of start to this with a couple of things about the the box office. Um, and a few tip bits. Uh, on a budget of 1.34 million, it took. What did you think? I reckon it took about four and a half million. Yeah. Well, I think I might have been the US. So I certainly, I, th I think plus globally, it was about 8.9 million, which, which in old money and during a war wasn't bad, really. No, really not. Yeah. Um, as is the case with some of these films, this is one of the ones with multiple award winners, uh, multiple uh, nominees. Um, in this case, it was up against the 49th Parallel, which is another war film, I think. King's Row, The Magnificent Ambersons, The Pied Piper, The Pride of the Yankees, Random Harvest, Talk of the Town. Um, something I can't read. <laughs> something Island. <laughs> I can't read my own Ryan. Wake <laughs> Island um, and Yankee Doodle Daddy. So there were two Yankees amongst, amongst the nominees. Yeah. So. Appropriate so during the war, I suppose. These... Sorry, <laughs> so, uh, not surprising during the war, I guess. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I uh, say, so, and it was it was uh, nominated for twelve Oscars. It won six in total. It also won uh, certainly one of them was um, Greer Garson for Best Actress. Uh, uh, actually, amongst my facts, actually, incidentally, um, apparently holds the record for the longest speech or one of the longest speeches was clocked in around six minutes for acceptance oh, speech. Jesus. <laughs> hey, Winslet. <laughs> yeah. 60 they, years earlier. They, they do like it. Certainly the actress ones do seem to go on a bit, don't they, sometimes? Yeah. Um, well, interesting tip, but sh shortly after um, shooting finished, she married the co-star who played her son. No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's a bit strange, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, that's what we... Sort of David Tennant marrying sort of doctor, doctor, doctor's daughter, isn't it? It's, it's sort of yeah, but at least they were around the same age in real life. <laughs> I can't imagine that those two were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Churchill apparently once said that the, the film did more for the, uh, the war effort than a fleet of destroyers. Because, um, of course, it came out sort of in the summer after the US uh, joined the war in '41. So probably around, it's probably came out around the same time as um, the Battle of Midway, actually, mid-summer 42. Um, and it, because it really plays in, of course, into that sort of what was going on in Europe. Um, it's the first movie, apparently, to feature the five acting nominations, which doesn't happen very often. No, really doesn't. Yeah. Um, and also, a bit like one of our previous winners, it's got a sequel in 1950 called The Miniver Story, but I believe it was a flop. No. Oh, yeah, it's it's always strange that sometimes they can they can find lightning in a bottle 
once yeah. and then it just it, that's it it's done whereas yeah, some the, of these, the... these massive franchises they can go on for three four five films and then they struggle yeah, um, but even amongst the Oscars, you still get the occasional sequel does well. Oh, the Bells of St. Mary's that sort of was a reasonable success. I think that got nominated as well, didn't it? A couple of years later, I think we discussed. Yeah. Um, and of course, the, the two Godfather films, the first two were both sort of picture, picture winners. Um, so they did occasionally they do find a sequel that does does something. But yeah, sequels are very much a strange beast. So anyway, I suppose we should just uh, jump into the film. I should say that... Um, I watched this on Amazon Prime, and that's where it's available at the moment. So you can rent it from yeah, there. yeah. Um, Likewise, we, we always tend to forget where we watch. Yeah, my, to be fair, most of them that you will find are I've already yeah, a lot. Prime. Yeah, a lot of the older ones, if, if any listening, are available on uh, Prime. It seems to rent the thirties and forties ones. Uh, I'll say yes. Yeah, so it was a uh, MGM. I think it's not one that we've done many MGM films, have we? To this point, no, I don't think so. They're not. <laughs> It's a, they're a strange studio. Obviously, they, they don't really exist now. Um, talking yeah. of Amazon, Amazon now own MGM. <laughs> so it's not a surprise some of these films will pop up on there now. Um, in fact, I'm surprised we actually had to pay for them, considering yeah. now all the James Bond films are free on Amazon. Yes, yes. Um, so it was strange that we did have to pay for it. It's one of those ones that hasn't quite made it yet. Um yeah. But yeah, MGM is a strange studio that didn't it didn't have a massive amount of hits, like big, big hits. Oh, other um, than the musical period, wasn't it really? Yeah, was there a... yeah exactly. So mm, 50, um, yeah, it's one of the first, I think, that we've we've had. Mm. Um, yeah, I think I'm not sure whether um, uh, yeah, whether one of the musicals, but perhaps it wasn't. No, they're Fox, weren't they? That's right, they were Fox. Yeah. The two that um, so yeah, the first thing I noticed that this was you get sort of quite a traditional thing of those sort of films in the thirties and forties was that that big on-screen narrative we get at the start. Yeah, and it, it felt very frenetically paced as well. Yeah, that opening bit there was a lot of yes. movement to it. So you, so you get that that sort of big wordy piece just brings everybody up to date on what's going on. It's nineteen thirty-nine, yeah. and, and there's a war in Europe. Um, but, and then we just jump into into what I quote unquote the London sequence. Yeah, clearly not London. Yeah, and it took me a while to realise that it was meant to be in England. Yeah, because I was like, why are two English? Why is an English family doing in America? Yeah, it's just, it's just the, the sort of shape of the buildings and the streets and stuff. It's clearly not London, but they made. And it wasn't really until they got on the train. Yeah. That I kind of went, they're all English. Yeah. Are they yeah. meant to be in England? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah it was it's yes, very it, strange. Yeah, because yeah, it was basically a, a war film, filmed made during the war, set in Britain, yeah. but filmed in LA. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it was definitely <laughs> one of the usual backlots um, that you'll find. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just some of the vehicles and the buses didn't look quite right and stuff. And it, so uh, yeah. I give you, I let it pass, but it did, it did amuse me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really not. A, it's not until they get off the train that it kind of starts to look like England. Yeah, <laughs> I did write down at this point when they go into the station. I think is it called Blimey Governor? Yeah, 
yeah though i did write down that the the um the train guard was really a, a very sweet character i liked him yeah um throughout the film he made some mm. really nice touching appearances throughout mm. um and obviously has a major part in the in the storyline for quite a yeah. while as well um despite not being on screen that much yeah well because of course the other thing i know him from is uh Clarence the Angel. Yeah. <laughs> I've written that down as my neck. It's the same actor who played Clarence in uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Is there. Oh, I just want to know at this point, uh, Greer Gossam is a very stunning woman. When you first see her on screen, yeah. she's really striking. Yeah, and there's that scene where she's wearing the nightie in her hat mm. that I thought, blimey, she's yeah. very sexy. Like that, mm. despite Very the fact it's meant to be, actress. yeah, despite the fact that it's meant to be a funny scene, it actually really works. Mm. Um, yeah, very striking. Yeah, and I believe I believe she's actually born here. I think actually I did read. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, so we we get the the first sort of bit of the the film plays out with they they really working through sort of setting up the you know, the background to this family, aren't they? We're we're not. Yeah. We're not at war yet at this point, but uh, it's it's just lingering in the background. Yeah, it's uh, there's a, there's a lot of strange setup in this opening thing with them kind of buying things behind each other's backs. <laughs> yeah, that kind of doesn't really have anything to do with the story. <clears throat> well, yeah, I'd, I I I jotted out at this point somewhere uh, a hat and a tire are the same price. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and the fact that he hadn't bought a tire, he bought a whole car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There was something, definitely something wrong with the pricing at the time. If that's okay. <coughs> uh, well, I did, get, I did get a nice sort of nineteen uh, forties, a sort of one division moment when they got those single beds. <laughs> yeah, it's very nineteen forties and fifties. <coughs> but yeah, but all this is sort of this setup is all about showing Mrs. Minerva living this sort of idealistic world, um, yeah. which is basically going to start to come and crash down around them. It's weird because she doesn't feel like the leading character for the mm -hmm. first half of the film. Um, no. It's a lot more about him. Yeah, um, but yeah, the husband, yeah. Um, but then obviously once he later on he disappears, it becomes more about her. But yeah, this, these early parts of the film don't don't sell her as the lead character in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Uh, and there's another thing I jotted down in, in the family stuff as well. There's, there's a Big age difference between the oldest son and the other two kids. Yeah, yeah, there, there really is, and I did, I did know that they, it's the uh, the staple of older films with the precocious kids mm. early on, and then the kids disappear for the most part. Yeah, they're not in it <laughs> yeah. for, for for much more of the, the film after these early until, scenes until we get that an air right later on. It then when they're all stuck yeah. upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did jot down here as well in my general music. They, they, they all speak frightfully nicely at this point. Yeah, <laughs> very, yeah, they do. Very posh middle class, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. It's a very US view of Britain. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I actually did write down that I didn't expect them to have a grown-up kid. Yeah. At all, it just come, it's completely left field that he, yeah. he turns up. Yeah. I mean, it's a suggestion that they had, they had him, I suspect, quite young, and then they waited a yeah. bit for the other two. Yeah. Because um, I, I put them to be sort of late 30s, early 40s as, as parents. Yeah. 
Um, and then you see that the son, and you think, oh, I'm not quite sure what age they are supposed to be when the older one turns up. Because he's, he's quite getting on a bit himself, and he's sort of ready to go off to war. And... Um, I shall... <laughs> I'm just a smart Daniel. I got a note that uh, we, we get skullduggery as well from, uh, is it Miss Belden? Yeah. <laughs> She wants, they basically they want to fix the rose competition. <laughs> How is did, that important? I did note note down they're raving about this rose. How the hell can we tell what the rose is like? It's black and white. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. How how can you sell a competition about a beautiful looking rose when you can't tell what yeah. it is? Yeah, which is just going to look grey when we see it. Yeah. <laughs> white or grey, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Or very dark grey, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a few bits are on the on the nose as well when we see all these, these family attractions. They're, when they're, they're clearly setting up Vin to go off to war um, yeah. with his political stance, aren't they? Um, yeah. He, he, he couldn't actually wave at the wave at the audience much more than look. Oh, I'm going to fight soon. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I'm like I'm setting up this relationship, and he's yeah. he's going off to war, and I'm like. Oh, he's that's gonna not going to work, yeah. is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you have expected to cark it, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which is interestingly how they play on that at the end of the film. Yeah. As to what does definitely. happen, actually. Um, interesting, I noticed, of course, at this point, they're still... We're still in sort of, I think, in God Save the King territory, aren't we, at this point? Yes, we are, very much yeah. so. Because um, yeah, the Queen, another decade away, wasn't it, from her becoming Queen? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so now when we start to ramp up the um, the war bit, the sort of Germany have gone into Poland, and then we're now getting towards the, the verge of the British declaring war. Uh, yeah. I, I, I did like at this point in the film as well, when we get the first time we go to the church, if that was a set, it's bloody great set. Yeah, it really is. For, for then, it's... It's superb. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, I just, just noted down how realistic it looked. Um, yeah. They really put a lot of detail into it. Because um, I, I shouldn't imagine that it, any of it was shot on location. So it's just some really good art design. For that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> although I did, did add, <clears throat> it's very convenient that they all happen to be, the main characters are all in church at the time that the message comes through that war has been declared. Yeah. What are the yeah. odds that all the main characters being in the church? <laughs> yeah, and I, and at this point, I I kind of wrote down. It's amazing how the genres swing in this film. Um, yeah. Because for a while it feels <coughs> like a political movie about the different classes. Yeah. So the the guy from the train station wanting to be involved in the the rose competition and yeah, and how and that's got, not right. Yeah, you got the miniverse of the middle class family, and then you've got the the lady is is the really sort of snooty sort of lady of the man yeah down, and then it becomes town, a, rom yeah. a romance film for a little while mm. with, the, with the young couple yeah uh, with yeah. The, the war kind of as an undercurrent yeah um, and then the back half of the film it becomes a war movie yeah yeah um some style actually yeah it's yeah. It, it's really well put together i i really yeah. like the fact that it doesn't stick to one genre despite the fact mm. it's probably seen from the outside job, these yeah. days, yeah, that it's pretty much about the war. Um, mm. But for the for the first half of the film, it's not. 
Mm. It's kind of there as a kind of warning sign. Yeah, yeah. That something's coming, but it's never, not until they kind of go off to war, does it feel like that that's going to be a major problem. And I, th- I think that's probably part of the key of it being uh, why it was such a well-received propaganda film, because that's what it yep. is. Um, yep. Because it, it basically was showing the Americans what the war, what Europe and Britain was like Yeah. Uh, until Mr. Hitler started pulling all that shit. Um, and this is what the impact it was having. And then all of a sudden, these people are, are thrown into this this on the doorstep, sadly, which is yep. now reflected in the current times. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that, that first third of the film does a really good job of setting up the life that's basically going to be torn down. Um, yeah. <laughs> I did laugh. <clears throat> we, so we, we get, we get the sort of, um, we say we, we've met the snooty old lady um, and we get our first set of air raid sirens. You, you can't have a war film without some air raid sirens. <laughs> no, definitely not. But, you can't, you can't uh, go anywhere war related without an air raid for no. siren. Oh, true. I did love, <laughs> seems to be a thing in films sometimes like this, where, uh, they, they all sort of um, retreat to the uh, to the basement, yeah. uh, and the grocer is basically the air warden. Yeah, and he starts taking, trying to give him a sales pitch <laughs> for stuff yeah. they can get. Oh yeah. well, that's wonderfully British. Yeah, and it's it's weird. We get we get one like I wouldn't even call it a big scene, but it features a lot because we get the the announcement that he's joined up. Mm. That, that he wants to marry her, then they get yeah. married, and then he's gone. <laughs> yeah. All in pretty he's much one about. scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm just, I've just, because <laughs> after, after this, this little sequence, I've just joined Daniel. So is Vin going to die soon then? <laughs> 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 they just yeah. set it up, aren't they, for him to cork it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like that, that scene you always get in, in, in um, war films with the guy with the, um, the photo of his, his his sweetheart in his wallet and the white picket fence he talks yeah. about and stuff. And you basically, they basically, Vin is kind of set up as that character. Yeah. Although, as we find out later on, it doesn't actually happen. But <laughs> there's a couple of scenes where we don't see him, but he's like him flying over and you think, is he going to be now? <laughs> yeah. Is he going to get yeah. shot down? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's strange that we go through this whole thing of him, like, we think he's just gone. And then they're yeah. laying in bed and she's like, Oh, here he comes. He's going to fly over. Here he comes. He's flying. Yeah, he's off. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and it's like it's jolly. But yeah. she's, she's got to see him going to war. Doing, doing his waving from the, his wave roll yeah. from the plate. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, it, it becomes a little bit of a jumble at this point because they do fly through quite a lot quite quickly. He goes off. Mm. And then all of a sudden, the dad's going. Yes. As well. Yeah, Dunkirk, yeah. Yeah, and within like minutes, mm. the whole thing's turned upside down, yeah. and the male characters have gone. Yeah, and um. now it's it's down to her. She's on her own, and kind of it's her film. Yeah, there's then a really for, good uh, large portion. I thought it was a really nice shot at this point, whether it was an insert or it was special effects or something. But the shot of the flotilla, yeah, uh, going up the river is fantastic. It looks really yeah. good. Yeah, it, yeah, that whole scene is very clever. Mm. Um, when they tell them what they're doing, and you can see boats dotted about behind them. Yeah, yeah. Um, about what they're doing, so it's yeah. it's really well done. Um, but what the, the, I wanted the, the to know was how, great. 
So how does she find out that he's going to Dunkirk? Because it never comes back. <laughs> he just goes. Yeah. yeah but she uh, knows he's gone. Did they ever hear that loose lips sink ships? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, she clearly knows that he's gone, but how? Who's told her that he's left? Is she, is she living next door to a Hydra agent? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we'll talk about the uh, the Hydra agent in a minute. Yeah, yeah. I just want to say that talking about the aesthetics of the film as well, and it comes up comes up a couple of times because even though it's not, it's like a mono sounding film, but the 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 sound effects for the planes and stuff is fantastic. Yeah, really good. And, and it will come up again in, in the bombing raid later on. But yeah. yes, so yes, so we should mention <laughs> we, uh, what what's weird about the film. It's like a it's like a bunch of little segments. Yeah. We've, we've had him now going off to Dunkirk, and all of a sudden we've now got a man in a bush outside. <laughs> yeah, and my note was, I wonder how often a Nazi landed in your back garden. <laughs> Yes. During the war, I can't uh, imagine what, it happened very often. Yeah, what are the odds? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it just, it's just, it's uh, just. What's it? Well, is he trying to pretend that he's not there or what? Because he's clearly conscious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just, a, it's a very weird set of. Like he was good enough to chase her into the house, <laughs> yeah, well enough, but then he's not well enough to escape. No, no. <laughs> Uh, it was oh. well enough to pull a gun on her. <coughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, a, nick, a knicker bottle out. of milk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, oh, yeah, make yourself at home, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I did say that at this point, as we talked about, the cast really does slim down as mm. the film goes on. And obviously, we get people come back at the back end of the film. Um, yeah. But it really does become kind of a one woman show for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I just did just on the German. Thing. He's, he's like, he was very polite to start with the German, but he was a bit, bit, bit cheeky with his nicking stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So the, yeah, so then then all of a sudden then we should, we jump again to literally within minutes of sort of of them taking him away and arresting him. Her husband comes back. Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot yeah. of sort of fortunate timings in this film. And and then her son's back. <laughs> yeah. Um. It's, they, these scenes are a bit comedic as well when he come when the husband comes back. Yeah, well, I'd written down uh, I'd written down in great big letters here, smack. Yeah, when you wouldn't get away with that now. Even before that, did you notice the goof when they get caught in the Dubai and fall over? <laughs> you know when he gets out of bed, mm. he actually gets stuck in the Dubai and nearly <laughs> falls that. over. Oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, then he gives her a good spank. Yeah, um, oh blimey! He's yeah. Boy too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, and I actually did note down that he's very Don Draper like from Mad Men. <laughs> he feels like John Hamm. <laughs> yeah, but um, I just thought, well, yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't see that now. It was made with <laughs> a bit of sort of um, casual sort of bedroom. Semi violence, you think, all right, yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> just yeah, um, did, did that one get past the haze code? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love the bit sort of after that. On um, we took they get back to the subject of the marriage, of course, don't they? Yeah. Um, and, and Mrs. M calling out bold, as I call her, calling out Belden on um, 
on the double standards when she calls her out on her own marriage. Bing! Yeah. Still one for Mrs. Miniver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and the fact that they sort of young marriages are going back as far as the Crusades. Uh, yeah, and then we find out that Belden was got married at 16. That you hypocritical cow. <laughs> yeah, but she's a the, the, the old woman is a proper battle axe. Yeah, it's a great turn, actually. It's a really yeah. nice performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I, and bit... then, it, then it really kicks into the world war, doesn't it? Into the yeah, war yeah. on our our turf, then. Yes, because yeah, that I was just saying about the sign a minute ago, because they, they basically end up with it, that air raid. Yeah. Um, and they have to sort of make for the air shelter. And that whole segment is so tense. And the use of sound yeah. and and sort of yeah. lighting and everything, smokes, just yeah. to sort of create that effect without the to, budget to do it. Yeah, to think that, that people could see that off in the distance. Mm. Um, yeah. Even if they weren't hit, to be, to be able to see it that close. Yeah. It must have been absolutely terrifying. And I, obviously, I've got an elderly mum now. She's in her 80s. I know you have as well, and yeah. they they would have been young during all of this, and it's it's hard to think back to that. And it's mm. one of those things that's always freaked me out because obviously I I grew up just outside <coughs> London, um, yeah. and and part of my village where I lived did get hit. Um, luckily, it wasn't where my mum and my grandparents lived. In fact, my grandfather was in Egypt at the time, so mm. it wouldn't have been him. But my my grand grandmother and my mum. Um, yeah. lived not far away from where the, the bombs hit um, mm. in London. And, and, yeah, there was bomb shelters and everything. And yeah. there's a bomb shelter buried at the bottom of my mum's garden. Wow. And and to this day, it, it still freaks me out to think that that's there. Mm. Yeah. Um, buried so Just that... buried at the bottom of the garden. When my mum and my family moved into that house, they used to dig that top garden and they'd hit it wow. underneath. Um, and it used to fr- it freaks me out to this day to think that that's still sitting there. Mm. Yeah, and and that that in the film that sequence just does so well to capture that that claustrophobia and that tension and fear yeah. that they would have experienced at the time. Yeah, uh, definitely. And, uh, and, it, and I was just waiting for that great big massive boom that was just going to sort of show the house was completely destroyed. Um, yeah. But as you as it is, as it turns out, it was only got a bit of damage. I was lucky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, Bit of bit of bit of paint cover that over. Um, yeah, they basically lost the piano room, didn't they? Really? Yeah, <laughs> but they did good. They did do a good job of showing. Yeah, the, the, the set dress for that was great as again as well. Yeah, um, the art design on the film was fantastic. I thought in all that respect, um, just to take that same set and just completely trash it, it looked really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, then we quickly get into the the end of the war. Well, I've written down here, so in case anybody forgotten, finally the flower contest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been the, long enough. Like the, the war kind of lasted all of about, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, so, because yeah, because there's much worse to that to come, but we don't want to show you that, because it's yeah. <laughs> we're only doing the start, start of it. Yeah. But, um, <coughs> yeah, so... Um, uh, yeah, when we finally get that flower contest. Um, <laughs> with what I'd written down was an awful choir. <laughs> just, yeah. yeah, there was it. Was it the husband? I think it was just sort of uncomfortable in the chair. They just yeah. I just think they were good. Uh, um, but nicely, we see that the old that the old lady actually has a a bit of a heart after all. Yeah, uh, yeah, she definitely has a change of heart. Yeah, 
yeah. um, which is which is really nice in the end. Yeah, the, we, we um. sort of she, she sort of basically gives the um, the wrong result for the um, the award of the best rose for the for the best black and yeah. white rose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Or the uh, dried out grey rose, depending yeah. on which, which shot it is. Um, yeah, but I mean. <laughs> It's basically just a bit of a of a respite because we're we're now really getting into into the into the crux of it, yeah. uh, and I think basically the start of the Battle of Britain because we're into sort of mid nineteen forty now, aren't we in the film? I think. Yeah. Um, and they, we get that that whole sequence when they're sort of uh, Mrs. Miniver is driving back with her uh, with her future daughter with her daughter in law. Yeah. Uh, and that, again, that's really well done. That's sort of yeah. slowly in, that sort of smoke and fire. Yeah, and, and I literally wrote down, "Oh, they aren't, are they?" Uh, and literally, my next note was, "They did." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, yes, I was it, really yeah. surprised that that they did what they did. Yeah, I didn't see it coming. And as I said, no. just at the start of this, they basically inverted your expectations. You expect Finn to Vin to die. Yeah, you did not expect it to be. His wife, and yeah. I think bloody hell! <laughs> I basically read that. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I couldn't believe they did it. As I said, I wrote yeah. down, "No, they aren't going to," and literally had to write the next thing. They did. Although I just sort of, I did sort of when I was doing the, the research, one or two of the notes online suggested Missy Miniver could have saved her if she'd have known what she was doing a bit better. Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah. bleed out on the floor. Yeah, and, uh, and the fact that she just pulled over. I'd be like, no, I'm just going to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Because you're more likely to get hit if you're not if you're stationary than you are if you're a moving target. Yeah, but I can see, but it's in there in, in the end. Of the, it's to give the end of the film a bit of an emotional impact, isn't it? Especially when you're yeah. selling it as a propaganda film, is is to show that 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 tragedy can strike anyone at any time, basically. So, yeah, I, I'd scribble down. It's a little bit manipulative, but I think in terms of what it tries to set out to do, it, it's, it's it's understandable why it's in there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and so we get back to that church scene again. So, so, so they destroyed their other nice set that they built. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, and again, it's really well done with the sort of the, the gaps in the in the ceiling and everything like that. Um, yeah, when they definitely. use that sort of that that flyby sequence over the top of it. Um, although we do discover, of course, that the old boy he won he won the prize and then corked it. Yeah, so that was nice for him. <laughs> Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wins wins his best rose trophy and then dies. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it, um, and, and then we get that that wonderful sort of rousing speech from the vicar, which again is, is it's clearly there to sort of to boost the sale of war bonds, basically, in, yeah. in America, in, in the absence of Captain America doing the rounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and I send then then we get that nice shot through the sort of um with the planes at the end. Um, yeah. So, so that that's the breakdown of the film. So, as you sort of, we get your sort of your summary thoughts on the film as a whole. Yeah, um, it's it's a strange film. I enjoyed it. Mm. Like the first half is great uh, at kind of building the story, and as yeah. I said, it's it's the varying genres in that that opening half of film. Um, and don't get me wrong, the the war stuff in the middle. Is well done. Mm. It's just very bitty. Yeah. Um, in yeah. that middle section. 
Um, it's all done very quickly. Like as I say, they go off to war, and within 10, 15 minutes, they're back again. Yeah, this um, is something we've kind of seen one film, uh, one is, one other bit. Say, sorry, can't live. This is this is something we sort of accused a couple of the previous winners of what we've discussed as well, haven't we? From that period where yeah. there's just it's like a series of little vignettes as opposed to complete through line. Yeah, um, and and the back end of the film is really well put together as well. Mm. Um, the actual war stuff in, in England, I think, is really well done. You yeah. get that shock of the death yeah. um, that you do, totally don't expect. And, and it's really well designed as well. Mm. Um, so I, I can't give it as high a score as I did Ordinary People, because I thought mm. Ordinary People was a solid film throughout. Yeah. Despite me saying that, it's still a really good film. Uh, mm. And a really good watch. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give it, I think I have to give it a low 80 score. So I'm going to go for 83. So yes. slightly lower than ordinary people, <clears throat> but I enjoyed it. It kept my concentration on it yeah. throughout. <clears throat> okay, interesting. Yeah, that's, that's not far out from my score. Um, yeah, so yeah, for me, I say I, the, the same sort of narrative issues as yourself. I think with it, it is, like you say, a little bit bitty. It's, it's a little bit of a series of little. 10 minute vignettes almost as opposed to yeah. a real arcing arcing plot um kind of i think probably designed just to show that sort of slice of life element yeah um, i think the acting's great i think that she's great pigeon doesn't really have a lot to do with his role but uh, but her and the old lady are fantastic i think in it um kudos to them for pulling out that that death scene at the end and really just completely pulls the rug from under your rod at the end yeah uh, yeah, the, the art design and the sound design were fantastic. Considering for a film in 1942, the, the design on it was brilliant, I thought. Um, yeah. I, my score's a little bit lower than yours. I just, I find it, it's a little bit American view of Britain-ish sort of thing doesn't work at times yeah. on it. Um, although most of that is really at the start of the film, I think. Uh, and score-wise, I think, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a decent decent effort. Um its cultural significance was that it really it bolstered the sort of um, propaganda. Um, so it's, it's got that as a long-lasting legacy. Uh, and score-wise, I've gone a little bit lower than yourself, and I've gone about 79%. Yeah, so again, very similar between the two yeah. of us, like we were the yeah. other, on the last episode. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a decent... And it was, it was, I think it's a worthy winner. You can't say otherwise, really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right, I suppose, uh, given that's probably all that we've got on that film, we should just have a look what the next two are going to be. Yeah, right, I'm all ready. I'm sat here with my uh, my button. <laughs> uh, so the first one is 1988. Ooh. Let's check. Let's see if that's Tony can get it. That, that is correct. Wow. Um, so I've never seen it, so that'll be interesting. And then let me do the second one. And the second one is 1953. Oh, something. Oh, that's going to be black and white. It's something like Marty or something like that. I don't know. It is the greatest show on earth. Ah, Jimmy Stewart. So there we go. So I had nice, it years ago. A nice spread a nice, again. Yeah, uh, that's a nice variety. Yeah, good 30, 35 years between the two of them. Ah, interesting. So, Two so very yeah. different watches. Yeah, looking forward to seeing them as well. Excellent. Right, cheers. Yeah, cheers, mate. Um, Not a problem. Right, on that note, that leaves us just to say um, thank you, Paul, for joining me. 
Uh, Enjoyed as always. Yeah. And uh, we shall uh, see you all again next month. Good night. Cheerio.